0: You do you. Let TrueGreen do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
1: The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Don't waste time on apps that don't work. Babbel's conversation-based teaching prepares you for real-life situations.
2: There's a stigma attached to people like us who come out publicly against their fellow law enforcement officers. This entire case scares me. It shatters your foundation and your beliefs on our system of law and justice.
3: It never goes away. The, the, the night it happened,
4: it replays in the mind More than 30 years ago, two sheriff deputies in Brevard County, Florida, investigated a suspicious shooting in an orange grove on a moonless night.
5: We don't know what happened that night. All we know is that Chip Flynn picked up his ex-girlfriend, they had sex, they smoked marijuana, then Chip Flynn got shot.
4: That ex-girlfriend, then 19-year-old Kim Halleck, called 911 and later told police that she and Chip Flynn had been kidnapped and robbed by a black man who then shot Chip. But the deputies first on the scene say that things just didn't quite add up. There was a statement taken from Kim Halleck. The
1: black gang stepped out with a gun and I heard about five or six gunshots.
3: You don't see anybody else around. Shots were fired. You don't see any shell casings, and it just makes you wonder.
4: Another black guy told me I was a slut.
3: I don't believe
2: a word she says. I think it's completely fabricated.
5: It's unfortunately a classic case of what is often referred to as a racial hoax, which is a black guy did it.
4: I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. A racial hoax is what happens when someone blames a crime on a person because of his race, as in a black guy did it. Not only does it happen more often than you might realize, but all too often the accusation results in a wrongful conviction. And that's what Crosley Green and his attorneys say happened to him. So you get then called in. By the prosecutor.
2: I told him I thought she did it.
4: I said to him, you know, I think you need to take a, a close look at Kim Halleck. Sheriff deputies Diane Clark and Mark Rixey, both now retired, went to the prosecutor handling the case. After then, 31 year old Crosley Green was arrested and charged with killing Chip Flynn. Were you at all surprised when Crosley Green was charged with Chip Flynn's murder?
2: It was a total shock. This, this was like picking a name out of a hat.
4: The state essentially screwed him over. Hi, Crosley. I'm Aaron Moriarty with CBS. I didn't kill
3: that young man, okay? I'm telling you, I keep telling you, I didn't kill a young man.
4: I met Crosley Green more than 20 years ago. He was on death row then, after having been convicted of killing 22-year-old Chip Flynn. I was really
6: angry. But I want the people to know that I'm not destroyed. I'm not
3: down. I'm not forgotten.
4: Crosley is not a big man, but there is something about him that makes you lean in, pay attention. He's always worn his hair closely cropped. His clothing is neat. From the moment he was arrested, he has insisted he's innocent.
5: The evidence that Crosley Green is innocent
4: is literally overwhelming. That's Keith Harrison, one of Green's attorneys.
5: We've made every legal effort to get him released.
4: In July of 2018, a federal judge overturned Green's conviction. That was more than two years ago. Crosley Green should be a free man now. But he's not. This is the story of what happened to Crosley Green. The state's job is
3: not to uphold convictions. The state's job is to seek the truth
4: and to seek justice. That's Jean Thomas, another member of the defense team. Both Harrison and Thomas say that prosecutors convicted the wrong person, and they should have known that, beginning with Kim Halleck's story. Told Chip, there's a black guy on your
1: side, and he rolled up the window really quick.
4: You are hearing a recording of Halleck's statement. She told investigators that she and Chip Flynn were sitting in his truck in a local park after 11 p.m. when, she says, a black man approached. Did you see that uh, the black male was armed at that time?
1: Yes, I did. Chip had a gun in his glove box. I took the gun out of the glove box and stuck it under some jeans that were next to me.
4: She says the man tied Chip's hands with a shoelace ordered her to hand him money from Chip's wallet. And then with everyone in this truck, she says, the assailant drove them to the orange grove. Somehow, he was steering the truck, shifting the very sticky gears, and holding a gun on them all at the same time. When they got to the grove, she says, the man yanked her out of the truck, and then Chip, his hands still tied behind his back, somehow managed to get a hold of his gun that Kim said she had hidden on the truck seat.
1: He leaned out of the truck and somehow shot at the guy, and the guy stepped back, Chip jumped out of the truck. I jumped in the truck, and I heard about five or six gunshots.
4: According to Kim, she then leaves Chip there, grabs his truck, and drove to a friend's home for help. And that's when Sheriff Deputy Mark Rixey and Sergeant Diane Clark go to the scene. Kim Halleck says that This assailant took both Chip and Mm -hmm. Kim to the Citrus Grove at 12.10, and yet you're not dispatched till 1.13. It's over an hour.
5: There is approximately an hour that is missing and unexplained.
4: How crucial was that time that night? Matter of life and death. Why is she not stopping someplace and making that phone call? Where could she have called? Right here.
2: From payphone? I think there was three along the way. Right, convenience store, convenience store, and the hospital's right there.
4: Kim doesn't stop to call along the way to get help for Chip. And when she does finally call 911, her directions were so vague that even after Clark and Rixie were dispatched, it took another 30 minutes to find Chip.
2: Get the call at 113. I respond to this area. There's nothing there. I had to notify my dispatch get better directions. I drive to this new area here where they informed me to go. Again, there's nothing there.
4: Why then were you first sent to the wrong location? That's a good question. One we've been asking ourselves for 30 years 30 now. 30 years. Because she didn't tell us where to go. She gave the wrong direction. Sergeant Diane Clark sent another deputy to pick him up so she could better guide them, but... She get out of the car.
2: We say, can you show us where?
4: Yeah.
2: Nope. Not going down there.
4: What did that say to you? What did you think? There's something wrong. Something is not ringing true. I would want to know. Is he okay? They found Chip lying on his stomach with his hands tied behind his back, bleeding from a single gunshot wound to his chest. He was in pain, but. I seriously thought he'd be okay. First words out of his mouth were, get me out of here, I wanna go home. Did he mention anything about an assailant? Nope. No. Did he mention anything about being robbed? Nope. No. Did he mention anything about being kidnapped? Nope. No.
2: I'm thinking, what's going on here?
4: My feeling about it at the time, and still is, that he was protecting her. Chip Flynn stopped breathing twice as they waited for an ambulance. Sergeant Clark tried desperately to save his life, but Flynn later died at a hospital. He didn't have to die. There wasn't anything he didn't like to do. When Chip's father, Charles Flynn, heard his son had been shot, he was shocked to learn that Chip had been with Kim Halleck. Charles is gone now, but I talked to him a lot back in 1999, and Charles told me that his son had broken up with Halleck and that he had a new love.
2: That's all we talked about. He didn't mention Kim anymore or anything. Chip liked his freedom. She wanted him to be with her all the time.
4: But while Chip had moved on, Kim Halleck apparently had not, according to one of Chip's friends, David Stroop, who also spoke back in 1999.
0: I do remember that she didn't want to let go.
4: It was Stroop's house where Halleck had gone for help.
0: I wondered why she came to my place as opposed to just stopping at the first potential telephone. Know, even a, a, a home with a light on or anything, if it, you know. So I, it's always bothered me. Why.
4: Kim Halleck was the only surviving witness, but she was not then and has never been a suspect. Homicide detectives from Brevard County Sheriff's Office seemed to take her at her word, despite her delay in calling for help and her inability to describe the assailant very well.
1: I really didn't need a real good look at him. I was really scared.
4: Investigators claim that they got a tip that a small time drug dealer recently released from jail was involved, and that's how they focused on Crosley Green. The description that she had given for the sketch didn't match him. They showed Kim a photo lineup, and Kim chose number two, Crosley Green, which doesn't surprise his attorney, Keith Harrison.
5: His picture
4: is smaller
5: and darker than any of the other pictures. And it's right in, you know, what is often referred to as the bullseye point of a photo array.
4: Crosley Green wasn't a perfect man, but he has no history of violent crime. He was just 19 when both his parents died, and as the oldest child, helped raise his siblings. To this day, they all refer to him as Papa Green. I think he was just an easy pick. We're going to put somebody in jail for this. Green was charged with kidnapping, robbery, and murder, even though there was no direct evidence linking him to Chip's shooting.
5: There were no fingerprints of Crosley Green or any third person on the uh, the truck. Not one single fingerprint.
0: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible
5: There was no case against Crosley Green. There was no case. It was a one-witness ID case.
4: In August of 1990, Crosley Green went on trial for the murder of Chip Flynn. The case hinged on the eyewitness testimony of Kim Halleck. Defense attorney Keith Harrison explains.
5: That's the weakest kind of case where the only evidence you have is somebody said, that guy did it. The state
4: also introduced shoe prints at trial. Prosecutor Christopher White, now retired, said a dog followed the scent of those prints to the vicinity of a house where one of Green's sisters lived. White spoke to me in
6: 2015. The shoe impressions were followed from the site where the truck was parked, supporting what Kim said about there being a third person there, a black male, who abducted them
4: and did these things. The problem? with those shoe prints were never linked to Crosley Green. The prosecution also had three witnesses, all with criminal problems of their own, who claimed that Crosley confessed. One was Crosley's own sister, Sheila. But attorney Harrison said they testified against Crosley to save themselves. There's a
5: pattern that supports the fact that these folks were coerced.
4: When a sister testifies against her own brother and says he confessed, it's hard to believe that could be coerced.
5: Absolutely. Um, She recanted almost immediately.
4: Now, I admit, though, that I was troubled when I heard that Crosley Green's own sister testified against him at trial, so we decided to track her down back in 1999. What did they say would happen if you didn't testify against your brother? I would never see my kids again. Sheila Green had been awaiting sentencing on drug charges back then. She says she felt she had no choice but to lie on the stand, even though her testimony could and did help send her own brother to death row. Did Crosley ever tell you that he killed Chip?
3: I never even talked to Crosley. He never told me that. Basically, they told me that this was my last chance to help myself because I was already convicted. But this is your own brother, Sheila? He will understand. You think he will?
4: Yes. He will. He knew I did. And in fact, he has. Does she feel a lot of guilt? Of course she do.
6: But that's my sister. And I want her to know that I love her. And... <sighs> no matter what, I'm not angry at her. Okay.
4: All the witnesses who said Crosley Green confessed, including Sheila have recanted their testimony. What's more, Green had an alibi. I can count for my time. I can count for my time. Crosley Green says multiple people saw him at a party two miles away from the crime scene, but his former attorney only called one of them to testify. And so on September fifth, 1990, An all-white jury convicted Crosley Green of kidnapping, robbery, and murder. He was sentenced to die in Florida's electric chair. I first met him when he was awaiting execution. What's it like being here on death row? It's hell. It's hell to me because I'm here for a crime I didn't commit. The case against Green, says attorney Jean Thomas, just doesn't hold up to scrutiny. When you look at all of the facts, you see that the
3: state wanted to achieve a certain result and they manufactured evidence. They
4: coerced witnesses to lie. Let's look closer at Kim Halleck's account. Remember, she told police that the assailant had somehow managed to steer Chip's truck, shift gears, all while holding a gun on them. And yet she told Chip's parents a very different story.
5: She was having to shift the gears for him. He would just mash the clutch and she would shift the gears. He was making her do that.
4: And Tim Curtis, who had sold the truck to Chip Flynn, adds even more doubts to Halleck's story. He says that no stranger could just jump in the truck and drive. It had a custom gear shift and was hard to handle.
5: Here's what any normal person would think they look, they see a
4: stick ship coming out of the floor. I'm going to put it in first gear and
5: take off out of here, and that's where he would have
4: made his first mistake. What would have happened? He would have stalled the truck. That truck was difficult for anyone to drive. What about Crosley Green?
5: Crosley Green couldn't drive a manual transmission. He couldn't drive a clutch.
4: Kim changed other parts of her story as well. According to a police report from the night of the shooting, She told the deputy that the assailant told her to tie Chip's hands. But just hours later, in her taped interview...
1: The black man was tying Chip's
4: hands. Those inconsistencies, would that have concerned you?
6: We're talking about who tied him? Yes, and who shifted the truck. Of course it would. If she was inconsistent, any inconsistencies...
4: That's former prosecutor Chris White. I asked him about another serious inconsistency... Kim's description of the assailant's gun matched a semi-automatic. She said that when she drove away, leaving Chip at that grove, she heard five to six gunshots. But no shell casings were ever recovered at the scene, and the only bullet found was the one that killed Chip. Your own expert said that, in fact, the bullet found in Chip Flynn could have come from his own gun. Did you find another weapon? Well, no, but. Did you ever find another shell casing to match that weapon?
6: No, and we wouldn't if, in fact, he was shooting a revolver. But you in understand fact, that? So did you find any other sh- bullet holes? Bull- bullet holes. Um, not that I'm aware of.
4: Even Christopher White admitted to me there wasn't a lot to connect Green to the shooting.
6: When you look at this case, it is all circumstantial. I would love to have had a stronger case, but it is what it is.
4: More than 30 years later, first responders Diane Clark and Mark Rixey still question why Brevard County detectives failed to do even a basic investigation of Halleck. Kim Halleck was taken in and questioned at 4.30, but not recorded until 8.20. And what does that say to you? Well, she had time to get her story the way she wanted it. She was not a suspect. Testing Kim Halleck's hands for gunshot residue, or GSR, would have been simple. Christopher White's response? Did it ever occur to you or anyone else that maybe Kim Halleck wasn't telling the truth? Well, of course it did. I and mean, why wasn't she ever investigated? Why was she what, never what, what was a suspect? In, what do you mean? No GSR taken of her hands? Why not?
6: Uh, I don't know if there was or wasn't at was point.
4: Why weren't pictures taken up her hands, her arms, to see if she had any injuries? I guess they could have done more examination. I'll give you that, okay? Keith Harrison, Crosley Green's lawyer, says Kim Halleck should have been a suspect for an obvious reason.
5: Chip Flynn had broken up with Kim Halleck. He was seeing another woman. Kim Halleck was very upset about that. That's the oldest motive in the book. Jealousy. Jealousy.
4: And why did White take Kim Halleck at her
6: word? You've got to understand, it's kind of a small community here in Titusville. Kim Halleck uh, lived at the, in, in the area where I lived. I don't see how there's anything here concrete to tell anybody that Kim Halleck lied.
4: Even if White believed Halleck was a victim, he might have worried about her identification of Crosley Green. Based on her testimony, she said she didn't get a really good look at him. It was completely dark in that orange grove that night, and the photo lineup given to Halleck is no longer even allowed under Florida law. Would you do this today?
6: Well, no, no, ideally I would not.
4: Could she she have picked the wrong person?
6: I don't think she did, you know? Uh, Was she guessing more than she was sure? I couldn't tell you for sure. But the one thing I'm sure of, based on the evidence in this case, it wasn't Kim Halleck. But Mark Rixey, the first
2: responder, sees it differently. She was the only other one there. Who else would have done it? The only way all the facts are reconciled is if she shot him.
4: You're that sure that Crosley Green is innocent? I would bet my life on it, yes. In 2000, 11 years after Chip Flynn's murder, the state claimed it had more evidence against Green. Two tiny body hairs allegedly found in Flynn's truck. They tested them for DNA. Matter of fact, I wanted them tested.
6: I knew I haven't been in that truck. I never been in that truck. There was sufficient DNA there to obtain a result using MTA DNA. That
4: mitochondrial DNA could not be used to identify a specific person. It can only identify broad family relations. And Crosley Green could not be excluded from that group. It's not a match.
3: The mitochondrial DNA test cannot definitively say this DNA is this individual's DNA. Crosley's maternal uh,
4: relatives, for example, would be in this group that is not excluded. Crosley's brother O'Connor believes... The hairs could be his. He happened to be a friend of Tim Curtis, the original owner of the truck. It's possible because I drove the truck kind of regular. I'm not saying I drove the truck one or two times. I don't drove the truck several times. Are you at all troubled by the fact that Crosley Green could not be eliminated?
2: That's nothing. That's not evidence. That is not evidence. It does not tie him specifically to that truck.
4: You have that one hair that could have come from someone else, his brother. huh. Is there any other physical evidence, any other physical evidence, anything, that connects Crosley Green to this case?
6: Well, I guess the simple answer to that is no.
0: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in Every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
4: Kim Halleck's inconsistent statements, the fact that there's no physical evidence, none, and three witnesses who have recanted... Does that mean Christopher White has doubts now? He says no. As you sit here today, do you believe Crosley Green is the man who shot Yes, I do. Yes, I do. In 2009, Crosley Green's attorneys won a major victory. They were able to get him off death row due to an error in sentencing. I felt real good at that time, but I know I have another hundred yards to go. And later, in an odd twist of fate, Christopher White provided just what Crosley Green's defense team needed to get his conviction overturned. I was shocked.
5: I knew immediately that this was a game changer.
4: Remember the meeting that Mark Rixey and Diane Clark had with the prosecutor, telling him about their suspicions of Kim Halleck? That prosecutor was Chris White. And how did Chris White take that information?
2: He was dismissed, dismissive. I said
4: to him, she is involved, and I don't believe it's a person you arrested. I never heard anything else about it afterwards. Why didn't you take their words seriously?
6: I reviewed all the evidence that we had with that hypothesis in mind. Do they give me cause to believe that Kim Halleck may have committed this murder? My
4: answer is no. White never turned over the notes that he took during that meeting to Crosley's original lawyer. Keith Harrison explains why that matters. This is
5: the evidence of innocence that was hidden by the prosecutor.
4: What was your reaction when you first read those notes?
5: I was shocked. Um, I really couldn't believe it. They can't just hide that evidence. They can't cover it up.
4: They have to disclose it to the defense. Jean Thomas says those notes, which included inconsistencies in Kim Halleck's story, would have been crucial at trial. It goes to the heart of the defense
3: theory of the case that there was no black man at the scene of this crime, that it was these two teenagers, that there was an accident, and then there was a story that was made up after the fact.
5: Those notes would have had a Tremendous impact on the case.
4: In July 2018, a federal judge ruled that by withholding those notes, prosecutors violated Crosley Green's right to a fair trial. His conviction was overturned, and the judge ordered a new trial.
6: I feel great. I feel I'm going home.
4: When his conviction was overturned, what did you think would happen?
2: Man, I, I thought my brother would be home.
4: You'd think he'd be home. But Crosley remains in prison. There's been no new trial because the state appealed the decision and everything was put on hold and remains on hold. On March 12, 2020, I was in a federal courtroom at the U.S. Court of Appeals in Jacksonville, Florida, where his lawyers argued that Crosley Green deserves that new trial. How much is writing on that hearing? Literally everything. In the courtroom were Green's children, brothers, sisters, nieces, and nephews. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here together. We just ask that you move miracles today, Heavenly Father.
3: Amen. Amen. Amen.
4: Even Sheila, the sister who once testified against him, was there to support him.
3: We have not forgotten about him. And we're not giving up because we know he's innocent.
4: They are still waiting for the court to rule. And in the meantime, Crosley Green continues to sit in prison. Remember, his conviction was overturned in 2018, so he remains in prison, although he is no longer convicted of a crime. What's the best case here?
5: The court rules in our favor, and at that point we would move for Crosley's immediate release from prison. That should end this case, because the state doesn't really have the evidence to go forward with a
4: new trial. Will the state retry him? The Florida Attorney General's office wouldn't comment on a pending case. Kim Halleck has not responded to our repeated request for an interview to talk about the case. But if Crosley Green is retried, she's going to have to testify. She's the star
3: witness for the state. In fact, in a lot of ways, she's the only witness for the state.
5: This case is really bigger than just about one man who's been wrongfully convicted. Um, This case goes to fundamental fairness in our criminal justice system.
4: Crosley Green was incarcerated when he was 31 years old. He just turned 63 in September. That means he has spent half his life in prison. He's managed so far to survive an outbreak of the coronavirus at his prison. When I last spoke with him, he remained hopeful. From all the times I've talked to you, this is the closest you feel that you've come to really feeling you might be free someday.
3: Yes yes
4: what does that feel like then it's
6: uh, it's, it's unbelievable it's unbelievable i'm just hoping and praying that day comes soon
4: i'm aaron moriarty 48 hours and that's my life of crime a special thanks to the team at 48 hours i also want to thank my producers sam egan and alan pang as well as cbs audio subscribe on spotify Or wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CBS life of crime we'll see you next time hi this is Jill Schlesinger CBS News business analyst certified financial planner and host of the money watch podcast this is the show where your money is not scary it is a show that's all about you it's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly on your life follow money watch wherever you get your podcasts you can listen ad-free on the Amazon music or Wondery app
5: it only takes two minutes minutes—a sheer horror
0: a new Paramount Plus original docu-series we were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women Cold blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it
2: happen?
3: I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up.
5: Pillowcase murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.